Okay, what's your name? Gabby and Johnson. And how old are you? Uh, four. And why is Jesus better than anything else? Because he's Jesus. Being a kid isn't easy. You know you're supposed to be good, and sometimes you feel like you're doing a great job. But then the next minute, you do something wrong again. That's why we need Jesus and to remember the good news of the gospel every day. Not just the part about when Jesus came to earth, but God's rescue plan from before he even created the world and the hope of living with him forever so that we can see through every story in the Bible why Jesus is better than anything else and why he wants you to join him. Hey, Finn. How's it going? Not the best, Miss Alicia. I'm sorry to hear that. Do you want to talk about it? Well, I'm just like, feeling kind of lonely. Betsy and Gobi started hanging out with Croak and his other toadfish buddies. And now even Harold and Slim have started doing whatever Croak says. Like what? They've been drawing mean pictures of of our teacher, Miss Flit, and passing them back and forth, adding things like horns and piggy nose to our face. And at recess, they've been doing these fin wrestling contests. Is that like arm wrestling? Yeah, and send the seahorse hurt its fin. So much he can hardly hold his pencil anymore. But he told me that he wants Croak to like him, so he doesn't mind. Yesterday, they did this contest to see who could spin the longest in the sponge tire swing. And Harold, who doesn't even like the merry-go-round, spun around until he threw up and got his tentacles all tangled up. And you haven't wanted to do those things? So you feel left out? Yeah, especially I don't want to make fun of Miss Flit. I'm glad God's helping you to choose what's right, Finn, but I know that doesn't fix everything. Did you know that even the prophet Elijah sometimes struggled to trust God and do what's right? But he did all those miracles and gave messages from the Lord. Let's pick up where he left off last time and you can see for yourself. Remember that God had kept it from raining for three years because the people had turned away from him. He provided food for his prophet Elijah. And when God told Elijah to go back to King Ahab, he met Obadiah, who had hidden a hundred prophets of the Lord. And Ahab saw Elijah. He said Elijah was a troublemaker. But really, Ahab was the one causing all the trouble for Israel, because they worshipped false gods, like Baal and Asherah. Yep. Elijah called a bunch of Israelites together and 950 false prophets from the palace to gather on Mount Carmel with the other Israelites. He said to the people, How long will it take you to make up your minds? If the Lord is the one and only God, worship him. But if Baal is the one and only God, worship him. The people didn't say anything. Why now are they scared of King Ahab? That's one idea. Then Elijah said to them, I'm the only one of the Lord's prophets left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Wait a second. 
Had Obadiah hidden those other prophets of the Lord? He did, but none of them had come out like Elijah had. One prophet against 950 false ones. Elijah said, Get two bulls for us. Let Baal's prophets choose one for themselves. Let them cut it in pieces, then let them put it on the wood. But don't let them set fire to it. I'll prepare the other bull. I'll put it on the wood, but I won't set fire to it. Then you pray to your God, and I'll pray to the Lord. The God who answers by sending fire down is the one and only God. Then all the people said, What you're saying is good. So the people need fire from heaven to convince them that God is the true God? What if God doesn't send fire? Let's see what happens. Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one of the bulls. There are many of you, so prepare your bull first. Pray to your God, but don't light the fire. So they prepared the bull they had been given. They prayed to Baal from morning until noon. Baal, answer us, they shouted. But there wasn't any reply. No one answered. Then they danced around the altar they had made. At noon, Elijah began to tease them. Shout louder, he said. I'm sure Baal is a god. Perhaps he has too much to think about. Or maybe he has gone to the toilet. Or perhaps he's away on a trip. Maybe he's sleeping. You might have to wake him up. So they shouted louder. They cut themselves with swords and spears until their blood flowed. Oh no, that's a really painful way to try to get God's attention. And really sad. Because they don't all for idols I can't see or hear. That's what prophets like that usually did when things looked really helpless. It was now past noon. The prophets of Baal continued to prophesy with all their might. They did it until the time came to offer the evening sacrifice. But there wasn't any reply. No one answered. No one paid any attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, Come here to me. So they went to him. He rebuilt the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. Elijah got twelve stones, one for each tribe in Israel. Yeah, maybe that will help them remember that that they belong to the Lord, not Baal. That's true, Finn. God wanted the Israelites to be like a light, letting the other nations see what God is like. Elijah used the stones to build an altar to honor the Lord. He dug a ditch around it. The ditch was large enough to hold 24 pounds of seeds. He arranged the wood for the fire and cut the bull into pieces. He placed the pieces on the wood and said to some of the people, Fill four large jars with water. Pour it on the offering in the wood. So they did. Do it again, he said. So they did it again. Do it a third time, he ordered. And they did it the third time. The water ran down around the altar. It even filled the ditch. Is Elijah crazy? Every fish knows that fire and water can't go together. Though I've only seen campfires and pictures. It seems like these are things God wanted Elijah to do. 
When it was time to offer the evening sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward. He prayed, Lord, you are the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel. Today let everyone know that you are God in Israel. Let them know I'm your servant. Let them know I've done all these things because you commanded me to. Answer me. Lord, answer me. Then these people will know that you are the one and only God. They'll know that you are turning their hearts back to you again. So Elijah didn't want the fire to go, so he would look powerful. He only had the Israelites to turn back to God. And then the other niches to turn to, could turn to him too. Right. And God answered Elijah's prayer by sending blazing fire. It burned up the sacrifice, the wood, and the stones and the soil. It even dried up the water in the ditch. When all the people saw it, they fell down flat with their faces toward the ground. They cried out, The Lord is the one and only God! The Lord is the one and only God! Then Elijah commanded them, Grab the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one of them get away. So they grabbed them. Elijah had them brought down to the Kishon Valley and had them put to death. Elijah said to Ahab, Go, eat and drink. I can hear the sound of a heavy rain. Wow, now everything is, is going to be better now. That the people know that God is the true God. And the prophets of Baal are gone and rain is coming. I think that's what Elijah thought too. Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Mount Carmel. He bent down toward the ground. Then he put his face between his knees. Go and look toward the sea, he told his servant. So he went up and looked. I don't see anything there, he said. Seven times, Elijah said, go back. The seventh time, the servant said, I see a cloud. It's as small as a man's hand. It's coming up over the sea. Elijah said, Go to Ahab. Tell him, Tie your chariot to your horse and go down to Jezreel before the rain stops you. Black clouds filled the sky. The wind came up and a heavy rain began to fall. Ahab rode off to Jezreel. The power of the Lord came on Elijah. He tucked his coat into his belt, and he ran ahead of Ahab all the way to Jezreel. Well, I I wish I could swim that fast. Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done. He told her how Elijah had killed all the prophets of Baal with his sword. So Jezebel sent a message to Elijah. She said, You can be sure that I will kill you, just as I killed the other prophets. I'll do it by this time tomorrow. If I don't, may the gods punish me greatly. Oh no, I thought everything would be different now. Elijah was afraid, so he ran for his life. He came to Beersheba in Judah and left his servant there. Then he traveled for one day into the desert. When he came to a small bush, he sat down under it and prayed that he would die. Lord, I've had enough, he said. Take my life. I'm no better than my people of long ago. But God had just done that amazing miracle. Did he believe that God can take care of him now? 
Elijah is feeling pretty scared and discouraged. Then he lay down under the bush, and he fell asleep. Suddenly, an angel touched him. Then angel said, Get up and eat. Elijah looked around. Near his head, he saw some bread. It had been baked over hot coals. A jar of water was also there. So Elijah ate and drank. Then he lay down again. The angel of the Lord came to him a second time. He touched him and said, Get up and eat. Your journey will be long and hard. So he got up and ate and drank. God wasn't going to give up on him, even though he was so discouraged. And God even did another miracle for him. That's right, Finn. The food gave Elijah new strength. He traveled for 40 days and 40 nights until he arrived at Horeb, which was another name for Mount Sinai. Where God gave most of the Ten Commandments? Yep. He went into a cave there and spent the night. A message came to Elijah from the Lord. He said, Elijah, what are you doing here? That's a funny question. Does not get new? Elijah replied, Lord God, who rules over all, I've been very committed to you. The Israelites have turned their backs on your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with their swords. I'm the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. But Elijah still had those other prophets hidden. So he's not alone, right? Yeah, but he sure feels alone. The Lord said, Go out, stand on the mountain in front of me. I am going to pass by. Hey, that's like Moses too, when God hit him in the rock and passed by. Oh yeah. As the Lord approached, a very powerful wind tore the mountains apart. It broke up the rocks, but the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord wasn't in the earthquake. After the earthquake, a fire came, but the Lord wasn't in the fire. And after the fire, there was only a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his coat over his face, went out, and stood at the entrance to the cave. So God came with fire on Mount Carmel, and now it's coming in only a whisper? God reveals himself in all different kinds of ways. Then a voice said to him, Elijah, what are you doing here? He replied, Lord God who rules over all, I've been very committed to you. The Israelites have turned their backs on your covenant. They have torn down your altars. They've put your prophets to death with their swords. I'm the only one left, and they are trying to kill me. Isn't that exactly what he said before? Doesn't he know that God's going to help him? Elijah probably should have kept asking God for faith to believe him, because it seems like he's still pretty discouraged. Jesus was the only one who walked the earth, perfectly obeying and trusting his Father. But God does show his faithfulness through people when they do the things God asks them to do, like many of the true prophets in the Old Testament. I guess sometimes i rather see God's uh, power through fire than through a whisper. 
I've felt that way too, Finn. But some of my most precious times with the Lord have been when He whispers the truth from His Word to my heart, reminding me that He's with me and loves me, and that I don't have to understand everything because He's the one in charge, whether it seems like it or not. So maybe I can just keep trying to quietly be kind to Harold and Slim and Betsy and Gobi and tell them why I don't want to draw mean pictures or do fin wrestling. That sounds like a good idea, Finn. Can I pray for you? Sure, Miss Alicia. Lord, thank you for being the one running the universe and also the one who whispers encouragement to our hearts. Would you show Harold and Slim and Betsy and Gobi where they are doing wrong and turn their hearts to you? And would you give Finn the wisdom to know what to say to them? Thanks for always listening to us. Amen. Thanks, Miss Alicia. Gotta go, Buffalo. Oh, Finn.